Welcome to season five on The Sofa with Victoria, where household names and rising stars will be discussing the latest trends and themes in crime fiction. I'm Victoria Selman, best-selling author of the Zeba McKenzie series, Truly Darkly Deeply, and my latest thriller, All the Little Liars, a true crime-inspired story of toxic friendship that asks, how far would you go to belong? It was a case that shocked the nation, rocked our town to its roots, put it on the map for all the wrong reasons. As the details emerged, strangers hashed over the particulars waiting in line at supermarkets and Starbucks, shook their heads at the horror of it all, at the terrible tragedy. On each of their faces, the same expressions of slack-jawed disbelief, and perhaps a certain ghoulish delight, too. How could such a thing happen? They asked. Here, in our neighborhood. A neighborhood like this. Today I'm on the sofa with global bestseller J.P. Delaney and Richard and Judy Pick, Lizzie Barber, to discuss the importance of place in crime fiction. We'll be exploring why different stories need different settings, the link between character and place, and how to evoke the atmosphere of location. Welcome, J.P. and Lizzie. Thank you for joining me on the sofa. Thank you for having us. JP, your latest novel, which I thoroughly enjoyed, The New Wife, is a sun-soaked sizzler, who said that I wonder about it, uh, set in the mountains of Mallorca. And the strapline is, your place in the sun comes with a problem. So I guess it's fair to say a sunny setting is pretty integral to your plot, isn't it? Yes. Um, I mean, it's it, funny enough, we were just talking before we came on about Daphne mm. du Maurier, and it's, it's very much inspired by my cousin Rachel. And, um, you know, one of the reasons I love that book is because of the, you know, the very intense Cornish setting um, using Menabili, the basis for Mandalay again. Um, and I kind of wanted somewhere that had as intense uh, a, 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 a feeling about it, but was different. And I just think there's something about parts of the Mediterranean, you know, we associate it with kind of, you know, sunshine and beaches but actually there are bits which are kind of what I think of as Mediterranean Gothic yeah. so and um, this book is set in the um the mountains of northern Mallorca which is a really um intense it's a UNESCO world heritage site it's a really craggy um uh, it the cliffs are almost white because they're limestone and um it's very intense and there are snakes and you know heat waves and I kind of wanted somewhere where I could bring all that kind of yeah. pressure from the environment onto yeah. my character. And um, so although it is sun-soaked, it's, yeah. uh, it's probably not what um, uh, many beach reads would think of as being sun-soaked. No, it's not. And it's very interesting you talk about that, the idea of the, um, the environment playing a part in the novel. And it does. I remember there's a, there's a wonderful scene where your character goes, um, I think he either goes up or down the cliff along these windy roads where you could, you know, by a hair's breadth, you could fall over the edge. And that sense of danger and, and menace that the atmosphere, the, the environment itself can, can play. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, how that can almost become a character in a novel itself? Yes, absolutely. And that's, um, 
I think that's something that gothic fiction has has kind of always done really well. I mean, the classic, you know, the um, the haunted manor, um, you know, the turn of the screw. Um, that's the you know that's the kind of vibe in English fiction, which is which is always been a rich scene. Yeah, absolutely. And Lizzie, I mean, we've obviously mentioned Cornwall and and Demoria. Your your new novel, uh, Nanny Wanted, is of course set in Cornwall. What what made you? I mean, obviously JP is very much tried to set somewhere very different. You've obviously brought it back to Demoria by by going going there. Was was that a deliberate choice for you, or is there something that has an lure? So you? it's it's funny because um, you know I think a lot of people who are reading it, it's an out until August but the, the people who are reading it have likened it to Rebecca mm. and Demore was kind of unconsciously a huge inspiration because it is set in Cornwall but I didn't set out to write anything that was Demore esque okay. um, like everybody else and their dog I spent kind of simultaneous lockdown summers in Cornwall and I'd spent a bit of time there before right. and we talked previously actually about novels pouring into our heads yes. and I so clearly remember I think I described the very opening novel dry, describes these kind of myopic country roads and we were driving on this myopic country road I was in the back with our son who was two or three at the time and this novel just kind of poured into my head as I was looking out at the scenery and just feeling this kind of strange Cornish mysticism that you have in that area where it, it is like JP said it's kind of it, it's craggy and then you get these kind of glimpses of the sunlight but then there's the shadow and I and I think that that is is kind of both beautiful and alluring and also dark and mysterious as well. And and so the setting of this book felt intrinsically like it had to be set in that part of the world mm. before I kind of drawed on the gothic side of things as well. And that's very interesting when you say that it had to be set there. So my new novel, um, All the Little Liars, is set in California. Mm. And there was, I was worried um, because, I mean, my parents lived there for a short time, but I'm not, I'm not Californian. I don't know the place intimately. And so it would make a lot more sense for me to set it somewhere where I was familiar with. And yes, it's exactly what you say. The story absolutely could not have been set anywhere else. I mean, it was it's a, it's true crime. So, I mean, that that has a, obviously a reason, I suppose, too. But the, the crime, the idea of, of, of two schoolgirls stabbing their best friend, somehow it felt it felt American in the same way that these stories, the place. I mean, I was saying to JP, the place can be a character, but also it sets the stage, doesn't it, for the type you of know, story that can play on it? You know, I feel for me, I'm quite, I need to get quite immersed in my writing. I think I had a background in in theatre and acting. And I think I need to kind of, I need to be in there when I'm writing. And my debut, My Name is Anna, is half set in Florida. Mm. And I'd spent, my family are kind of weirdly Disney junkies. And we spent a lot of time going to Disney Florida and the, the book has a theme park where a child is, is kidnapped at the beginning. And I I had been to Disney. I had never been to other parts of Florida um, and spent, like you did, you know, worrying all of this time that I was going to set the places wrong. Spent so much time immersing myself in it mm. digitally mm. and online. And actually all of my preconceptions of, I think in my head, I thought of Florida as being like California and actually when I did the research I realized that it had this kind of the swampiness to it and mm. that it wasn't beaches and white right. sand and so yeah. I had to kind of relearn it but I think you don't have to go to a place when you're writing to actually I don't think no, actually and yet it has to be authentic I mean JP your I mean your novel it's it's so beautiful I mean one of the one of the joys of, of um, the new wife for me it wasn't just the story it was it was the place I mean I, I describe it as sun so because it just felt I mean it was 
it oozes this this um the character of, of the place well well funnily enough i'd when i started writing it i'd only been to that i went to Mallorca once for four days when i was um, i used to have a side job writing travel journalism for the sunday times i went there probably 10 years ago to write about um Mallorcan food actually and and visited these mountains and I suppose the location just kind of stayed with me yeah actually probably as, as a couple of images and one of the images was that road you mentioned which is um a very modern road that didn't even exist the the towns the little villages that cling to these mountainsides were accessible only by boats and smugglers paths um until this cent uh until the last century Mm. And um, and they've the EU have now built this incredible switchbacking road, which is kind of like hewn into the side of the mountain. And um, cyclists go there, uh, huge numbers of really fit cyclists. So often you're kind of, you know, and they're whizzing downhill and you're having to kind of tuck in behind them and then a lorry will come the other way. And it's it's a very <laughs> weird place yeah. with it. And it so it just kind of stuck with me. Yes. And then because I started writing it during lockdown, yeah. I, I had planned to go visit, but actually it was only really when I'd finished the book that I was able to go back and oh, check my recollections against the real thing. Yes. So how, well, that is interesting. So how, if we can't always visit a place, I mean, I had this grand idea. I mean, my secret, this is my real secret. I thought I will set all the little liars in California because I would love to write off the tax expense and go to California for all the day. I'm totally with I you. Have, yeah. I not let that happen. So we're, <laughs> we're having words. But how then, how do we bring authenticity of place into our novels? If, because we can't always go somewhere. I mean, there are plenty of books that are set in Antarctica, for example, or whatever. We have to find other ways. How do we make it real? What What is the difference between a book that you feel a place and a book that you don't feel a place? How have they done it? I think it's, I remember, I, I mean, I haven't done kind of, you know, creative writing, you know, degrees or courses or anything, but I, I did a kind of long-standing evening I remember a really good piece of advice they gave us about research, which was weigh your research lightly and kind of learn it all and then forget it. And I yes. think for me, it's my my next book is set in San Francisco. My husband spent um, six months there on secondment 10 years ago, and I haven't been back since. And so I have a vague understanding of the geography and what it looks like. But I found myself really having to go back and, and I just kind of flood myself with stuff. So I've watched walkthroughs on YouTube and tried to read stuff set there and watch video clips set there. And I've talked to him about it. And I feel if I kind of, before I've started writing, I've kind of really got under the skin of it and got a lay of the land and a sense of it, then mm -hmm. then I just kind of have that sitting on the top of my brain it's before kind I of start. Funny yeah. enough, I, <clears throat> I set a book there and um, I found Google Maps satellite view really useful yeah. because... It, I, I, I actually, it was a book where I wanted, it was, it was about a tech, a tech millionaire, a British tech millionaire, but he has access to this incredible AI. <clears throat> and I wanted to set it in, um, in sort of Shoreditch. And then I realised that actually, you know, if he is this world-class tech billionaire, he's going to be in, in Silicon Valley. Yeah. yeah. And just going on Google Satellite and just realising how close together yeah. all, you know, the Apple campus and the Google campus and, and then, um, you know, and actually, um, if you just go over the uh, the mountain ridge and mm -hmm. towards the sea, suddenly there are like pumpkin farms, and they're they're half an hour away from from mm -hmm. you know from um, Stanford or something. And and just yeah. finding the layout like that can be just getting yeah. your head 
is is really useful, I think. I've so, literally okay, just so done a drive. Yeah. So you've understood where things are. So you, we understand proximity, as you're saying, Lizzie, Google Maps or, or YouTube videos, everything else. So it's one thing to understand a place. What gives the sense of a place in a novel? It's not because it's not just I was on the Apple what's it and I drove for half an hour to the pumpkin I mean we've there's something else isn't there there's something almost a bit magical maybe that infuses a sense of place into a novel and I guess that's what I'm trying to pinpoint how how do we do it is it is it the dialogue is it I think well it, that can help but I, I think also it just has to live in your imagination and yeah. so, and I find reading just first-hand reports you know just yeah. um so sort of um sort of blog posts, you know, are, are probably more useful than guidebooks. Yes. Um, and I think the, the, the example that I always keep in my mind was that when Daphne du Maurier wrote Rebecca, she'd only visited Menabilly once. Nice. Um, she found it all covered in ivy and, um, you know, with the shutters hanging off, completely abandoned. And she fell in love with it. But she then, um, then the war broke out and she was posted with her husband, who was a colonel, uh, to Egypt, and she had two small kids, um, and she hated this sort of life of. She didn't really like being a mother, but uh, that was another story. But then, but she hated the sort of life of gin and tonics at five o'clock, and so terrible life gin and tonics it, at five exactly. o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> so, I think my grandma so, was actually in Cairo at the same time, very much enjoying the gin and tonics. <laughs> <laughs> so that it was just her. It was her mental escape, and I think. Yeah. You know, mm. once it becomes a place in your head, then mm. that's, um, you know, that's when the magic happens. And so maybe it's not about the technique of, oh, you know, one needs to make sure you mention place names or whatever. Maybe it's exactly what you say. It's Because I guess character is the same. I remember writing a book, which is one of my binned books, actually. Uh, <laughs> seems I have more than one. Um And I was I was struggling with this character for various reasons. It was just it was just a hard character to write. And I bought myself, I don't know if you've come across these, a character thesaurus. Have you ever heard of a character thesaurus? No. Well, you have it there. They, 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 there you go. <laughs> so the I, emotion I, one. Yeah, yeah, you've got the emotion one. So what this is, and it will tell you such and such a person is going to have these characteristics if this is the trauma or whatever that they've they've suffered. And I thought, fam, blimming tastic. And I'm doing character maps. I've never done a character map before or since, I have to say. And, you know, color coding and, and flow charts and whatever. And it didn't work. This character just didn't work. And she only started to work when I put all that aside and I left yeah. the book for a while. And I simply, like you said, just what would it be? Just became her. Oh, I mean, that sounds terribly what's it, doesn't it? But you just almost it's like trying too hard, maybe stunts the creative process. Maybe that's what I'm saying. So I think for me, one of the things that I think I need to to root myself in it is is being multi-sensory and I think I have quite a, a visual mm. brain anyway but yeah. I think it's weird because I have really brown fingers but for some reason all of my books go very heavily into the flora and fauna and I found myself I mean so this part in my in my work in progress I'm um they go over from um over the Golden Gate Bridge from um the hub of San Francisco the Bay Area into Sozalito and mm. I found myself googling kind of trees of San Francisco, trees of northern San Francisco and uh -huh. then I need to look up the trees and then I need to think yeah. about what they smell like and it's the same yes. with Cornwall because yes. I had this kind of immersive experience when I was there I was kind yeah. of looking at the trees and I don't know anything about trees so I'm like cow parsley I think that's cow parsley I'll jot that down and and kind of just really feeling 
the the environment and the senses and and again I just so important been there, aren't they yeah yeah. Just, yeah the smell of a place is is huge mm. isn't it yeah what do you reckon JP yeah no I think that's absolutely right and and I think also if you just capture a few little things mm. you know like um you know like the little snails crawling up those stalks yeah. in in Cornwall after rain you know then I think yeah. something like that and then it, it's really just about putting in enough that the reader knows that that they can trust you and then they'll mm. trust you on some made-up stuff as well yeah and actually that's very interesting so again in all the little liars and having not had this trip to California that I was <clears throat> planning on Tim um <laughs> I um I was worried you know and I had certain places that needed to exist in this narrative for the story to work but the actual places, so there was a lake, for example, in this book. And I looked up the lake in, in this area and it was called something like Agua Hedionda. And that already the the name didn't seem right for the sort of style of book. And of course, if I rooted it in a very real place, I was, there you go, Lizzie, flora and fauna, I would have to be thinking of the trees and I needed a certain type of vegetation. I needed a certain feel. So exactly what you say, JP, I made it up. I made up Turtle Lake and it, but it fitted because enough of it wasn't made up. So you almost have a collage effect, don't you, of real and unreal, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, yes. I've got the kind of focus of my um, Nanny Wanted is this kind of clifftop mansion. Again, it's not supposed to be based on any kind of real place. And so I had to then, you know, I looked at very different sources. I spent a lot of time on the modern house. Mm. What a shame. Um, and and kind of cobbled together things of how it looked like in my brain, but I needed to anchor myself in something visual to be able to mm. access it. Mm. Sorry, to, uh, JP, you were going to say something. No, I was, I was just um, going to say much the same thing, and also that I often have a mood board. If I'm writing a particularly visual book, I'll have, because I need to believe, you know, I'd love to be one of those writers who can just, you know, invent mm. a setting, but actually I need to have confidence in it. I need mm. to believe it real. And so if I have a mood board, um, you know, so with the girl before, it was a mood board of, of minimist architecture, yes. just to kind of, so I had that sort of vibe sort of, you know, in me. And then for this one, The New Wife, I had a mood board of Mallorca and the farmhouses. And occasionally I go on Mallorcan property websites and I go, mm. oh, I think that's kind of like my yes. thinker. Um, yeah. and, and it wasn't that any one of them was the place, but it was just feeling the you know the kind of stone and mm. the kind of tiles that are on the kitchen floor and you know yes. whether there's an olive press out the back you know it's that kind of stuff yeah and it just does it just makes a book doesn't it when you get it right I was reading yeah. um, just read these women I forget the author's name um and she set it in a play and it's just the place just oozes through the novel and it's she just gets it and it's what she does it's very good is just uses the specific words that they would have used then so I don't know how you pronounce it Bayou Bayou is that how you said yeah yeah right but just the use of that specific word somehow yeah. already conjures up the sense of location which works and what about thinking about location and thinking about characters we've talked about story and certain stories have to be set in certain places what about character so I'm thinking Heathcliff for example I was thinking who are the big yeah. literary characters Heathcliff set in Liverpool just wouldn't work would it I mean, <laughs> it just wouldn't it's ridiculous. I know it's a wonderful yeah. idea yes <laughs> exactly but, yeah yeah but it's like so maybe it's not just certain stories need to be in certain places but certain I mean we are a product of our place aren't we I suppose as people yeah although weirdly I feel like all of my characters are kind of outcasts who have they're kind of have been parachuted into a place so in Nanny Wanted 
it the the kind of crux of the novel is that Lily is a girl who's escaping a relationship in London and comes to Cornwall Mm. and so it's almost like she's looking at this place with with a fresh Mm. lens that and allows the reader to kind of Mm. go through the lens with her Mm -hmm. so she sees this at first sort of this kind of beautiful brightness it's supposed to be escape for her Mm. but then actually it becomes slowly more claustrophobic as she becomes embroiled with the story that's very interesting because JP you do something similar of course with your character going into Mallorca so he's going into a foreign setting isn't he Yes, well, in his case, it's um, it's complicated for him because his um, I mean, the plot in a nutshell is that he's estranged from his father. Um, he grew up on Mallorca till he was fifteen. Then his parents divorced. His father stayed out there. His who's now died. He's inherited the house, but but there's a new wife living there. Who and the question is, does she know that the house mm. now passes? So he goes out to kind of tactfully remind her. Um, it's very British, uh, isn't it? Right. Yes. <laughs> Tactfully reminds yeah. well, he's, well, his sister, who is also inheriting, is basically saying, let's get the lawyers onto yeah. her. And, you know, and yeah. he wants to be a bit more gentle, given that she has just been yeah. bereaved. Um, but, um, yeah, so he, he is, so for him, it's bringing back memories. You know, he's going back to the place where he grew up in this kind of awful hippie commune with this drunken father who, artist, who was you know, serially unfaithful to his mother and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So so he's he he is not kind of a complete fish out of water. And partly the book is about what, you know, he's going back to reclaim his inheritance, but it's also partly about what else he has inherited from his father um, mm. and the kind of demons of his of his time mm. in Mallorca. But mm. but I think you're right, Lizzie. It's it's a wonderful you know, it's one of the wonderful tropes of gothic fiction, isn't it? That um, yeah. you know, that 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 the the governess or whatever goes to this, you know, mm. spooky house, and we yeah. you know, and is and we feel her vulnerability as she as she walks yes. in there. I think, yeah. I think ways to reinvent that is is really smart. Yeah, yeah. I always think of um, GCSE English and the House of the Fall of Usher, and just underlining pathetic fallacy. I don't know if yes. you guys had the same thing, but remembering, you know, I think that was this kind of light bulb moment as a 16 year old about the idea of kind of the weather and the sense of place evoking feeling. And yes. I think that's why, I mean, I said before, I'm an absolute, I'm a Victorian Gothic. Now, I, my um, dissertation at university was um, on Victorian fiction. So I'm a big lover of it and the way that it evokes atmosphere. I mean, you mentioned Heathcliff, Wuthering Heights is one of my all time mm. favorite books. And the way, I mean, obviously the Bronte sisters were stuck in that horrible place um feeling miserable and fasting and whatever else they had going on but you really sense it in all of that books that claustrophobia and the more and the sense of the, the kind of dark brooding atmosphere and the way that that yes. lends tension yes absolutely no it's amazing let's um let's finish up with a wild card um you are going to commit a murder or your your protagonist is maybe that's a better way to say it where would where would you set this murder and why? Where would where'd be a good place for a murder? I'm waiting for Lizzie to go first. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of um, Victoria's comment, which her secret confession that she likes to set books in foreign places so she can write them off. Which yes. I showed that I've done that because my last book was set in Tuscany and this one. Cornwall, not nearly so exciting, but maybe San Francisco. So I'm thinking the Maldives. Oh, very nice. So I will I need like to that. have a research trip in the Maldives. In a luxury hotel. <laughs> very good. Very, very, um, very smart. No, but I think, I, you know, I, for some reason, I, I personally am very drawn to the water. So I think, you know, setting a murder in the water. Also, I, I like a bloodless murder as well. I know 
I know that you know mm-hmm. you get very into the kind of the visuals of the blood and there's a, a lot of blood in your new book Victoria but I think there's no there's no blood there's no blood in my book actually it's that's interesting you say I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil it so I don't you probably well no because there's a stabbing but you don't see yeah, it that's, that's what I was thinking, thinking. Yeah, mm, it's very visual. Yeah. Um, but That's I think something about somebody yeah. being dragged down into the kind of turquoise blue waters nice. of the Maldivian Sea. That's the Maldives. We've got to do the Maldives. I'm, yeah. I'm very much with you on that. Yeah, if you need to do a press trip, then let me know. <laughs> let's do it. I think we ought to. I think that's a very good plan. How about you? I was going to I was going to say somewhere hot because um, the mistake that everyone always makes in crime books is that they kill people in, in, in the snow or on the ice and then the body comes to light years later. So so what um, you want to think is somewhere where your victim is going to decompose very fast. Very good. Probably near wild animals that they can eat the evidence, I suppose, as well. Exactly. Exactly. That would work. That would work. The savannah. Yeah. The yes. yeah. yeah. Very good. All right. Stay clear of you guys. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show it's been such a pleasure having you thank well, you so much for having us thank it's you so great. much it's, it's absolute pleasure talking to you you've been listening to On the Sofa with Victoria on Crime Time FM If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate and review on iTunes and join in the chat on Twitter using the hashtag OnTheSofaWithVictoria or drop me a line at Victoria Selman. I'd love to hear from you and hope you'll join me next time.